Because the truth is, high employee turnover is only gonna create more chaos. High employee turnover is always gonna bring more uncertainty. And that is all an incredible cost to your company. Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old, ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance, burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. In today's dynamic and competitive business landscape, we're noticing one specific thing that we want to talk about today, and that is uh, employee retention. We've been through the great resignation. There's quiet quitting. Like people are not motivated to stay. They're not motivated to work hard. They're not motivated to be a part of the team for numerous reasons. And we want to dive into some of that today as organizations strive for growth and success. The constant churn of talent, especially talented employees, as they're exiting the door, this is becoming alarming and it cannot be ignored any longer. Yeah. And employee retention and the ability for organizations to retain its workforce, it's emerged, Angus, as a critical barometer for a company's health, resilience, and beyond the, the tangible costs of recruiting and training replacements, you bring really loss of valuable employees. Uh, it, it, it creates this intangible consequence that can really derail a company's momentum. Uh, you and I had a friend, Angus, he's a, an executive yeah. at a Fortune 500 company, and he said that to replace one of his team members, and he's a little specialized in what they do, yeah. but he said it costs uh, $155,000 to not only find a replacement, yeah. but then train them up to be where that other person was. And so this idea of retaining these top talent is just, it's, it's a massive issue that needs to be tackled. Yeah. Well, we're going to dive into that, you know, predicament that we're finding ourselves in. And I remember being young and I'm like, just hungry for a job, like, just give me something to do. But as especially you start to mature, you have different responsibilities and families. And now we look at where the world is at and, and all the things we've endured and different changing priorities companies have to be more conscious about the employee itself, you know, about these individuals. Yeah. And some of the underlying causes we wanna dive into in the unraveling emotional toll that both the employers and the employees are feeling in this day and age. And we're gonna take a look at some of the elusive keys for retaining a loyal and engaged workforce. So let's jump into how leaders are reshaping uh, the future of employee retention for stability and sustainability. Yeah, and Angus, here's why this is important. I mean, some of these statistics are mind-blowing. So it costs, and this is what we were alluding to, it costs uh, 50 to 
200% of an employee's annual salary to mm. replace them. So we need to be able to lean into how do we create environments where people want to stay? Because people are offering, they're getting offered a lot of different perks, whether higher salary or other, you know, tickets to the game. Uh, one of my buddies said even free soda was like on the list of their perks. Woo, free soda. Free soda. Wanted, you know, the ping pong table, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, Bean bags. But, but if you can keep them, that is money. So retention is massive for your uh, bottom line revenue moving forward. Here's another one. 50% of employees who quit their jobs do so, listen, to get away from their managers or leaders. Mm. And so that speaks to us as a manager, leader, uh, founder. How do we create that culture where people want to stay? And how do we level up our game so that people want to work for us? And then 58% of employees uh, consider management as the main reason for their workplace unhappiness. Mm. So what can we as leaders do to crack this retention code? And Angus, what do you see as one of the secret ingredients to keeping top talent? You know, I think some of the, the, the essence of leadership is this whole key of unlocking employee retention. Because one of the things uh, somebody told me years ago, they were saying, you know what makes a good leader? And I was like, well, what, what do you mean? He said, it means people want to follow you. And I think that's an important piece is how do you bridge that gap for employees to want to stick around? The leaders have to have a different kind of moxie, attractiveness, magnetic you know, quality or something like that. Well, what if it's not magical? So I want to dive into something in terms of human psychology. And this is where you make this transfer of resilience, understanding, connection, empathy, compassion, and collaboration. Like when a leader can dial into some of these pieces, now it becomes something completely different. And so great leadership uh, coming from Harvard Business Review found that emotional intelligence accounts for nearly 90% of what sets apart a high-performing leader apart from their peers. So wow. emotional intelligence, this is a term that's been thrown around. Not everybody truly understands what it means, and some say they know what it means, but they don't know how to apply it. And so emotional intelligence refers to the ability to recognize, understand, uh, manage, and express our emotions, as well as to perceive and respond effectively to others' emotions. And it comes uh, from like essential components of self-awareness, uh, self-regulation, empathy, and social skills that many would say these are the soft skills, or as our friend, uh, what was it, episode 68, uh, we may refer back to this often. Uh, Stephen uh, Cadigan, he said that soft skills uh, are the new, what, what do you call them? Uh, power skills. Yeah. Yeah. And it's no, no, no longer this, oh yeah, that's a nice thing to have. No, these are the current leaders. These are things we absolutely have to have. Leaders, check this out. Leaders who demonstrate strong emotional intelligence, and this ties into retention, have teams with 50% lower turnover rates. Mm. So this is not something that's like, oh yeah, good, you know, mushy, you know, uh, leadership quality. These are strategic thinkers who can really understand their employees and pull out the best in them. Mm. Um, 
And Richard Branson said this, he said, emotional intelligence is the key to being a successful leader as it allows you to connect with your team on a deeper level. And Angus, that's, that's exactly mm. what we're talking about. Yeah. And I, w- I want to take some time today and this is what we're going to do. If you're sitting in your car, if you're on a walk, whatever you're doing, we want to speak to some different components for you to understand what emotional intelligence looks like in a leader. So there's four key ingredients that we've observed uh, around emotional intelligence. And that's something we do as a company is our clients, we help move the needle for them to step into emotional intelligence, taking their personal power and administering that in a more effective leadership fashion. And the number one thing that uh, it always comes down to is self-awareness. And when you can recognize your own emotions and how they affect your thoughts and behaviors, understand that we're all built around stories and beliefs about things that may have happened in our past, something that maybe a a parent told us, something that uh, some teacher or maybe a little league coach or a football coach or on on the track team, someone said or did something and then we build stories in our heads about what we deserve, what we're worth, uh, do we have what it takes? And all of that stuff shows up in our lives later. And so when we go to make decisions, when we go to like work with our teams, when we go to, you know, move forward or to grow, some of those gremlins that are in our head get in the way. And if self-awareness hasn't been developed, you'll continue to default to the old ways and behaviors that kept you in those old cycles. And if you're going to grow as a leader, you have to decouple yourself from a lot of those things. And so leaders, when they're lacking self-awareness, they struggle to recognize the impact they have on others. They don't understand that their influence and their behavior, their words, their tone, that that's causing misunderstanding and disengagement amongst their team members. And there's a Harvard Business Review stat where it said that leaders with high self-awareness experience 70% reduction in employee turnover. And therefore, there's a direct correlation with employee retention. So if you've done the work of emotional intelligence, you develop this particular skill of self-awareness, knowing that when you show up, how you show up, what you say, how you say it, has a dramatic impact on those around you. And so the key for leaders is to cultivate self-awareness by seeking feedback, like getting really honest, like, hey, Something went sideways in that meeting, or when I said that, I saw a look on your face, like, how did that make you feel? What what did I say? How could I have said that better? How could I have said that differently? Going through and journaling some of your experiences or getting a coach, getting a mentor to, like, get feedback on some of your stuff, that's going to help you in engaging in better self-reflection so you have more powerful self-awareness. And for one of our uh, clients... He was a co-founder of a very large startup and he had a team of like 200. And for him, he'd gotten so invested in the organizational and implementational parts of the business that he'd forgotten a lot of the human side. And so he'd find himself kind of like, you know, getting to a point where he just wanted things to move forward. So he'd start barking commands or, you know, uh, uh, being super assertive and even stepping in and taking over for people. And you would think, wow, that is that guy a jerk? And I would tell you, no, actually, he's quite the opposite. He's actually a super cool guy. He's really nice, very approachable. And yet, why did he become that leader? 
Well, because he was lacking self-awareness. He didn't recognize that when he did those things, people would shut down. People got disengaged. People didn't want to take ownership of their roles. And so working together, we were able to open his eyes to see the ways that he could therefore delegate, trust, and empower his employees in a different light. And so now he started raising leaders that actually helped free him up to focus on bigger and more important elements of the business, while also empowering those particular employees to have ownership, confidence, and feeling the trust that they had contribution to the success of the company. And therefore, as he was empowering the team, giving them that freedom through his self-awareness, he actually freed himself while he freed his employees. And this was a massive shift that helped these employees feel excited and, and, and feel like they could play a part in the future of the company and stick around much longer than if he'd maintain that old leadership style. Yeah. And Angus, we've all had the leader who is not self-aware in our life and it's frustrating as all get yeah. out because there's a massive blind spot. They can't see it. And then you feel like you're getting blamed for their inability to recognize where they're at. And so sometimes it's just that feedback. It's just that outside perspective. It's just that, you know, sometimes people do the 360s just to actually have a safe place mm. to have some feedback. And as leaders, it takes courage to do that because a lot of us don't want to hear what might be flaws. We don't want to hear something that might sound negative, and yeah. yet it could be the thing that takes our company from the level we're at to the next. And, and Angus, it ties into the next one, which is self-management uh, and self-regulating. It's, yeah. it's the ability to control those impulsive feelings or behaviors. I had a franchise owner of a company I worked for. You knew it was a bad day when you would hear a big yell and then something crashed. Bro, it would literally throw things across the room yeah. and i mean talk about stress he was under a lot of stress and he was a young dude but everyone every one of his employees was just like don't go around bill today because yeah. like stuff's gonna hit the fan and yeah. that is such a negative thing for your company so leaders with this poor self-management uh they display emotional volatility uh, resulting in that tense work environment and re you know reduced employee job satisfaction no one wants mm. to be around a person where you don't know is this a good day it's a bad day is it is today where i'm going to get embarrassed and called out in front of everybody yeah. because he's you know on the emotional roller coaster um in psychology they call it the amygdala hijacking where mm. in psychology for for us it, just in our biology the fight or flight you know when mm. the saber-toothed tiger is going to eat you you go into fight or flight and it actually shifts you out of your abstract thinking brain, your processing brain, your, your, the brain that can best take all the different factors and stressors and come up with a good conclusion. Mm -hmm. It actually puts you in a reptilian brain where it's like, I'm going to fight or flight. And you do things irrational that, you know, in hindsight, you're like, man, that was a real dumb, you know, dumb move to do. Mm -hmm. And leaders who excel in this like self-management, um, they witness 40% increase in employee job satisfaction, right? Mm. So if you can have a star talent employee who maybe they're getting offers from other companies for a little bit more, if they love you 
and you're providing that space and that encouragement and a place for them to grow, man, they're going to stick around as a result. And so for, for leaders to improve the self-management, uh, it's really developing an emotional resilience. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the water off the duck back. It's this place to pause and be able to take strategies like meditation. I know Angus, you've been yeah. doing that. EFT tapping is a, is a scientific, um, strategy to actually get you out of that fight or flight brain and into that, what they call rest and digest brain, where you can actually just, okay, let me think about this. How many times Angus have you and I, whether it was in a relationship a fight with our wife or, you know, in an employer work environment where we, we kind of did something irrationally. And afterward, we just felt like an idiot. You know, like sure. that was the, sure. you know, the dumbest thing. So the more we can step into that fighter, uh, into that, out of that fight or flight and into that, that really helps us with self-management. Anything else you want to say on that, Angus? Yeah. So first of all, like I'm, I'm guilty, done this before. And how many times have I reacted when I wasn't self-regulating, when I wasn't self-managing, I reacted to my kids or I reacted to my wife because of something that didn't even have anything to do with them. Yeah. And you take that into the workplace, like if you've got other things where you have a sick child and that's painful when your kid is sick or when your wife is sick, uh, I can remember when my wife was pregnant and you know, she was sick all nine months. She was throwing up, not like morning sickness for three months. I mean like all nine months and I wasn't sleeping. She wasn't sleeping. She wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. And then I go into the workplace and I have to decouple from my home life into the workplace. And this is this act of self-regulating. This is this act of, you know, self-management. Uh, another piece to this I would add is also breath work. Like what I'm learning is when I get to a little bit of stress, if I get to uh, well, a lot of stress, either way, like my chest will tighten up. And there's something about when I put my shoulders back and I sit up straight and I go, and I think that's a full breath, but it's not. And I go, and I can inhale like even twice as much and then let it out slowly, like the, just the difference it does in your state to control yourself and your emotion and separate from that moment just to pause can do significant um, impact to how you will respond. Let me just pause for a second to say this. There is one trait that you will find in every successful leader, no matter their industry, no matter their role. And that trait is action. And we want to inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90 day accelerator. It's a results driven battle tested framework designed specifically for high performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize the person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show. And uh, so those are all pieces, mindfulness, meditation, EFT, tapping, I do it all. The breath work for sure. Another piece uh, that we have for number uh, three in all of this is 
you know, social awareness uh, and also known as situational awareness where like, let's say you have some things we've already talked about. You have the empathy, compassion, you understand emotions, needs, concerns for other people. You pick up on all the emotional cues. Cool. You got that about the people. But what about when you overlook the needs of the team members, like actually looking past mm -hmm. what's immediate right here to what they may be going through at home? Maybe yeah. their kid is sick or their wife is pregnant. Maybe they've got a sick parent, um, a dying person close to them. If you're not situationally aware of that, socially aware of that, what if you have a situation where um, you are realizing in the moment, like, oh, you're not happy. Are you okay? And maybe they told you about a problem like a week or two weeks ago. And you're not remembering yeah. that. And you're like aloof. Like you're oh, doing damage. You're, you're decreasing trust and their ability to collaborate with you or connect with you in any way, like it all deteriorates. And so it's important for us to have strong social awareness. And there was a um, talent smart did a re research on this. And they said that 60% leaders with strong self-awareness uh, witnessed 60% reduction in employee turnover. And so that showcases like the positive impact of retention. The other component of this, I would also say on a different level of situation awareness is where your company is in its growth. Like when you're young and scrappy, and let's say if you're a startup, that would be like an angel investor. If you're just getting the company off the ground, you know, if it's just a team of a handful like you can get away with a lot of stuff and you got a lot of things going on, no problem. But as the company matures and you start bringing on more employees or you bring on a board or you bring on venture capital, you bring on, a, um, you know, some oversight or investors of uh, other natures, like all of those pieces require a different understanding of how you show up in front of them. There's a different level of respect or communication or candor or honesty. And you have to be aware of who's around you in that moment and how to communicate the most effectively. So leaders, boost your social uh, awareness by actively listening to who's talking to you. Be it an employee, be it you know, the an, a VC or board member, and then foster inclusiveness in the works, workplace culture. So it's not just seeing this from positions, but it's also all parties. There yeah. are people from different backgrounds, different socioeconomics, different whatever, like all that is important as well. And then do regular check-ins with your team members, both how are you doing, what's going on, what do you need help with, what do you need support with, and... Am I doing the right things? Am I serving you in the right way? Is there anything I could be doing better? And have that humility, have that openness to be able to receive whatever it is that they say. Yeah, and that piece is so important of social awareness because just like when we're having, you know, troubles at home or, or uh, you know, an issue that's going on and we can take it into the workplace, it's yeah. the same for our employees. Yeah. They can, a lot of times we're like, oh, they're just disrespectful and, you know, lazy. And, and when you dig a little deeper, often the times when you find out there's something there and you show care, 
yeah. and you show empathy and you share, share flexibility. Like uh, when somebody, hey, we'll just take the rest of the week off, you know, mm-hmm. like deal with that, deal with your son and his issue. And then you're asking about it before. I remember one of our employees I was working with a few years back, just a major issue at home came up and I thought it was an attitude issue. And so, you know, you start digging around and came to find out that it was an issue with the marriage issue that was really deep and ended up really being a mentor to him through that process. And he still calls me today. And because of that one thing, he was so loyalty. He was so loyalty, loyal to that company because of the, the care from the leadership he received. And even though he's got offers from other places, he had felt like he said it was like family. And mm. I know that's a, a term we don't want to use, or, you know, from the top down, we're a family. It's kind uh, of deteriorated. He felt, <laughs> yeah. he felt that. That was his yeah. connection because there was some um, social awareness used. The, the last piece in this um, is relationship management. And this is where you know how to develop and maintain good relationships uh, mm. and fostering an environment of healthy relationships, communicate clearly, inspire and influence others. Um, and work well with a team and, and manage conflict, which is one of the secret sauces of leadership. Uh, leaders who have weak relationship management skills, they struggle to resolve conflicts or don't want to address it. And so all the rest of the team members frustrated by Bob over here because he's running Bob. his mouth or saying inappropriate that things. Bob. You know, good old Bob. Everybody has a Bob in their company, right? And but yet as a leader, if you don't address it, it's going to create a toxic culture or environment. And uh, in the Journal of Business of Psychology, leaders who excel in relationship management have teams. They demonstrate 50 percent increase in employee loyalty. Mm. Right. So they want to stick around because they feel like that work environment is so conducive. And so as leaders, you know, to enhance that relationship management by building trust, is providing constructive feedback. Mm. And that's where, and I'd like to think this is where the empathy piece comes in too. If you can, oftentimes we judge ourselves by our intentions and other people judge us by our actions. Mm. And likely that's the same with your employees. Their intentions weren't to be inappropriate. I just wanted to compliment her. And you know, well, that was a really idiot thing to say. Don't ever say that again. Yeah. Um, but by providing that feedback and promoting teamwork and collaboration and that collaborative work environment, it can really add to this idea of people wanting to stick around because they feel like they have that cool team culture. Angus, any, any thoughts on that? Well, I think when you take a look at the relationship management piece, um, especially for those of you who are in corporate, uh, it's hard to, when, especially when we get higher up the ranks, to know like who is safe, who's not safe. And I don't mean that derogatory to any particular company, but there is a, a common uh, experience where it's almost like a dog-eat-dog culture if you're in one of these companies that lacks self-awareness. And so there's a potential when you get to that place of actually starting to open up that you also have to have a bit of resilience and navigating relationships with a lot of self-awareness of who you're talking to and what you're saying suddenly 
social awareness and situational awareness kicks in. Self-management and regulation, like, oh, how, how should I feel in this moment? I'm about to put myself out there. I'm feeling a little apprehensive. I'm feeling a little nervous. you know. And then the self-awareness of like, this has to be done. I need to create a different culture. And you need to run this up the flagpole. Talk to your management and say, look, I want to shift the culture in my company. And my team is going to have longevity and retention in its employees because of this style that I'm taking on. So now all of a sudden you're incorporating all four pieces of the emotional intelligence, you know, quadrant. I don't know. Quad. What, what do you call like it's it's not a triad. It's a quadrad. It's, a, it's these four things. <laughs> A quad tavern. <laughs> then all of a sudden you're operating in a place where you have to have all these things to do all these things inside your company. And when leaders demonstrate emotional intelligence, they create an environment where your employees can feel valued and understood and appreciated. And you may have to fight through some current or some resistance or some um, old habits and routines of the company in order to get there. Some companies in what you've been doing, how you've been doing it, and you know this needs to change. It's sometimes it's harder to turn that, you know, aircraft carrier around and it may take a little time, but you have to keep your foot on the gas and say, we are determined to bring emotional intelligence into our company. And according to a survey by the center of creative leadership, they said that 80% of employees are more committed to their organization when they have a leader who shows these elements of empathy and emotional intelligence. And therefore, you don't have to do it alone. Once you start instituting these things as a leader, that becomes a contagion that others are given permission to do the same. And now emotional intelligence becomes a contagion. And like these are the things that we love to do inside of companies is to bring about this awareness and this connection and collaboration because the truth is high employee turnover is only going to create more chaos high employee turnover is always going to bring more uncertainty and yeah. that is all an incredible cost to your company one of our friends uh, angus he he said he's an executive fortune 500 company he said emotional intelligence equals revenue it equals mm. money. It's like if you can step in as a leader, it can create a collaborative culture, a culture where people want to work for you. They want to stick around, even if they're getting better offers from other places because they feel like they're part of something. They're in a team that's moving forward and you don't have to pay that. What was it? Uh, to up to 200% of yeah. an annual salary, 50 to 200% of an annual salary to make up for someone moving on and, and and angus this starts and start small right so mm -hmm. start with yourself it's probably the easiest thing yeah. nobody wants to have the leader who goes this is what we're instituting now <laughs> and emotional <laughs> intelligence and you're gonna do this yeah. and you're not exhibiting it but mm -hmm. what i can tell you what moves the needle the most and you've seen this uh, angus yeah. there's one client in particular i'm thinking of but many when the ceo yeah. takes on self-awareness when yeah. they start taking ownership for their stuff, yeah. they start even apologizing or yeah. making some big changes where they're not mm -hmm. the bottleneck anymore. They're not micromanaging people. They're giving employees, empowering them to step yeah. into their uh, zone of geniuses. 
everybody's like, what, what Kool-Aid is this guy drinking? Yeah. I want some of that. Yeah. And it makes it much more palatable. So my, my encouragement to you, founder, CEO, C-suite executive, start with you. Start with getting better you, whether it's getting a coach, stepping into a program, stepping into some of these tools that we do. If we start with us as the leaders, mm -hmm. that it's going to be much easier to implement it throughout our whole culture because people are seeing the receipts in our lives. Yeah. And when employees feel understood and supported by their leaders, and they are much more likely to stay committed to the organization in the long run, right? Angus? Come on, come on. So there you have it, yo. <laughs> Emotional intelligence can have a transformative effect on your business, your leadership, and most importantly, your employee retention. And when we prioritize emotional intelligence and the development of that, leaders create harmonious work environments. They create enhanced productivity. They build strong, lasting relationships and team members, real team members. So as we strive for success, it's not, let's not forget the human quotient, that human element that is leadership. Emotional intelligence is not a nice to have. It's a need to have. So let's embrace it. Let's dive deep into emotional intelligence as a powerful tool that can achieve our goals together and foster meaningful connections that make a positive impact on those around us. So that's where we're going with this. Dive into connecting with yourself first, like Tim said. Allow this stuff to create in you the caliber of leader you see yourself to be. I often tell people it's not about tactics, it's not about strategies, it's not about all these things. Yes, we can give you all those things to implement, but if you don't have the character to sustain it, if you don't have the nature to sustain it, if you don't have the self-awareness and the emotional intelligence to sustain it, it will not stick around long. So if you want to have sustainability, it's going to require of you something deeper, something richer, something more. And we believe emotional intelligence is the key. So thank you so much for joining us. Remember that emotional intelligence is that gateway to the compassion, the drive, the authenticity, the collaboration, the connection, the humanity that your workforce needs. That's the key to your brighter future. That's the key to more revenue. That's the key to sustaining an incredible workplace that you deeply desire and want to have. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ+ where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. We provide our signature training for individuals and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving.